Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Today you will hear a word which purpose is to introduce the kingdom, change generations, and create a Christian culture. So grab your Bible and prepare to be blessed by today's sermon. I was at my aunt's home going. I don't want to say funeral. Because she lived for the Lord. I didn't notice, but since she was about 15 years old, I think she was in her 80s when she went to be with Jesus. That's a long time. So I want to say home going. And this text was read, and um, it just sparked something in me. And I was impressed that I needed to share these thoughts with you today. Elder Johnson came in, as he always does, and he read this scripture, John 14, starting at verse 1. And it reads, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Everybody say that where he is, I can be. So Jesus says, I'm going to a place. I'm going, I'm going to my father's house. He said, that my father's house, there are many mansions. I wouldn't have told you something like that if it wasn't true. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't let your neighbor say, he means you. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be there too. I love the idea of this, that Jesus doesn't want to be away from us. You, 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 you're talking about how much you love him, but I'm trying to get you to see how much he loves you. Jesus loves you so much. He said, I'm going to go up to heaven and I'm going to get heaven ready. I'm going I'm to carve out some space for you. I'm going to make a place just for you. It's yours. And because I love you so much and I like being around you so much, I'm going to bring you to where I am. I like that kind of thing. It's an amazing story. But if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to go even deeper. Starting at verse 51. We often hear this scripture read during homegoings. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this, uh, incorrupt, for this corruptible, excuse me, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on what? Immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? They have none. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus 
Christ. Say amen. Therefore, beloved, my beloved brethren, couldn't leave that out. Be ye steadfast. Come on. Unmovable. Say it with me. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Great scripture, right? We read this, and this is a great word of encouragement to us. That, that those who have died in the Lord are going to be raised up. And there's an idea here that those of us who are still alive, see, we won't all go to sleep before he comes back. It says we got to be changed, though, apostle. He got to do something with this raggedy stuff here and give us something that's made for where we're going, you see. So this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortality, this mortal must put on immortality. And death has lost, the grave has lost, because Jesus has given us the victory. The law has been dealt with, it has been fulfilled, so sin has no more strength. I just want to talk today, okay? And death has no more sting. I like that. Thanks be to God, which give us the victory through Jesus. So you know what you need to be doing? You need to be steadfast. You need to be unmovable and you always need to be doing what God called you to do. Whatever that is, you need to be about doing it. Tap your neighbor and say, be about your father's business, would you? Would you be about your father's business? Stop being tossed to and fro. Stop letting life throw you off track. Stop quitting. Stop giving up and just go ahead and just be steadfast. Be steadfast. Just go ahead and do that. Because the victory is already yours. Now I want to read one other scripture for you, if you don't mind. Just one more, and, 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 and we'll be moving on. Say amen. Um, I'm going to read this to you from the NLT, the New Living Translation. It's 1 Corinthians, uh, same chapter, but I'm going to verse 20. And I don't know if high school has this or not, but just stay with me. Um, it, it, verse 19, it says, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Now, the King James says that we are of, most, of all men most miserable. Basically, let me paraphrase what it said. Is that, it is up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, go back to night. Yeah, yeah, that's it. If in this life only uh, we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Yeah. Most miserable. If, if all the hope you have in Jesus is for here, you're one of the most miserable people in the world. I want to talk to you just for a little bit from the topic after this. Somebody say after this. You better say it like you mean it. Say after this. Now the word after means behind in place or order. Or it means following. So we can say following this or behind this. Another definition is in spite of everything and nevertheless. So after all this foolishness that we've had to endure here on this side, there is a better life. 
Now, this says that we as believers, if we put our, Christ, our hope in Christ only on this side, that we are of all men most miserable, which means that we're more miserable than the other men. Now, men are miserable. They're miserable because they don't have hope in Christ. Don't you know all they have is the here and now? I hope I'm not talking to anybody in here that all you have is the here and now. We got to learn how to live like there's a here and an after. Somebody say amen. And see, I'm looking at the world and I look at how they try to just fill their lives with stuff and accolades of men. They try to become famous and, and when they lose their fame, they go on the reality TV and try to get their fame back. It's because that's all they have. They don't have anything else. Some people, their high school image is all they have. So they get on Facebook and act like they're still in high school. Y'all talk to me, somebody. Still acting the same way, clicking and all that stuff and trying to be popular, spending more money than they got in the bank. Talk to me, somebody in debt up that they in debt up to their head because they're trying to look good in front of everybody. Have the best car, the best clothes, the best everything. That's because their only hope is here on earth. That's all they have. All they have is their reputation. All they have is their job. All they have is their money. All they have is their clothes. But the Bible says here that we would be even. Even more miserable than the most miserable man if our only hope in Christ is here. Why do we act like this is all there is? Why aren't we more encouraged when we hear about heaven? When we hear the word heaven, we ought to go crazy. When we hear the word resurrection, we ought to shout all over the church. Listen, blessings on earth are temporary. Somebody say amen. We shout more over our house than we do our resurrection body. So-and-so got a new car. Yeah, but brother so-and-so transitioned to glory. That's when we ought to be shouting. The reason that we don't want to die is because we like here too much. So we're trying to hold on to this. When the Bible says moth and rust is destroying this stuff. Keep a car long enough. And it'll get so old, it won't run anymore. The mere fact that your body is not what it used to be. Oh, you ain't got to talk back to me. I know about it. I used to laugh at my daddy when he grunted and stuff when he got up. And now I do the same thing. I used to laugh at people whose knees and joints crack when they kneel again. That's why I pray standing up. Because every time I kneel, I hear stuff snap, crackle, and pop. Talk to me if you know what I'm talking about. Talk to me if you ever got out of bed and hurt something just waking up. That's because this tent is dissolving. It's God's way of saying that this is temporary. I'm going to tell you, if you think eternally, you'll be delivered from stress. You'll be delivered from depression. You'll be delivered from anxiety. You'll be delivered from all this stuff because you'll remember that this is not my home. This is not everything to me. This is not all I have. This is not my only hope. My hope is in Christ Jesus and not just on this side. That's why when my aunt went to be with the Lord, I didn't cry. I didn't cry. I smiled. And I walked by and I looked at her and I said, baby, I'll see you. I wish I had a witness here. 
See, some of us, we're crying because we're wondering whether or not we're going to make it to the other side. Look at your name and say, live like there's a better tomorrow. Come on, live like there's a better I'm almost done. Paul says, listen. He said, tell me this, verse 12. I'm reading from the, new, the NLT, so it might be different on the screen. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? See, there was a problem with the church, see. They had gotten so messed up by Greek culture and by the Sadducees, you understand, that they were not believing that there was a bodily resurrection for believers. They thought that we'd just be souls somewhere forever. And they did not believe in the bodily resurrection. Paul was trying to get them to understand that we will all be resurrected. Paul says, see, see, he goes back to the beginning. He said, let me remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then. And you still stand firm in it. And he talked about Jesus' resurrection. And he said, Peter saw him. He said, 500 other people saw him. He said, James saw him. And then he said, I saw him. Yeah, you remember Paul saw him on the Damascus road. Saul saw, wow, persecutest thou me. And Paul said, Paul said, it was like I was born too late. Or maybe I was still born is what he was saying. He was saying, I came much later. And he says, um, he says, I'm an apostle, but I don't deserve to be one because y'all know my history. And I just want to stop right there parenthetically and say that whatever we are, we really don't deserve to be it. Paul said, because of my history, if you look at my history, I don't deserve to be doing what I'm doing, writing these letters, starting these churches. But I bless God that he doesn't go by what I deserve, but he operates in grace. And that's why I am who I am. And it's in Jesus. And he said, because of who he made me, I've worked harder than any other apostle. Read it. It's in there. If you didn't tear your page out, it's right there. He said, I have worked harder than any other apostle, yet not I, but Christ in me. Basically, what he said is all I accomplished was through the power of God's spirit, but I gave it everything I got. Tap your neighbors and give it all you got. Quit half stepping. Back in the day when I used to listen to rap music, and I still do now, and I'm just pray for me, pray for it. I still like some old school rap. They had a song saying, Ain't no half stepping. Ain't no half stepping in the kingdom. If you're gonna play with it, then don't do it. Tap your neighbor and say, Get serious about this thing. So I told you, we've been teaching y'all that Jesus was raised from the dead. Y'all got it. You believe that, but you don't believe you'll resurrect. So you believe Jesus got up, but you don't believe you will. So then, that being the case, the only hope you have is here. Now, if that's all the hope you have, you're some miserable people. Because here is not good. Take a moment, will you? 
and think about all the stuff you're seeing. Come on, think. Don't look at me. Think. Think about what you saw on CNN. Fox News. Think about our current presidential process. And you want to stay All of the viruses, one after the other. He dealt with Ebola, a pop seeker. Don't talk to me. We just come out of one recession, not a say we're about to walk in another one. Did you know that all of, all of the years that we have been a country, that very few of them have been debt free? And every time the country runs out of money, they raise the debt limit. Now, can't nobody in here raise your debt limit? Once you done spent all you have, you ain't got nothing else. And when your credit get bad, they won't extend you any, but the country can raise. You want to stay here? Ah, Lord. Is this it? Is, is, is it all just being, being healed and whole here? Is it all just having some blessings here? Is it all just having some joy here? Uh, if this is all there is, I mean, you look at the world. We're looking at them, and we're looking at they buying all this stuff. And you wonder, why they, why they buying a whole island? What you going to do with a whole island? How can you live on a whole island? And, and it's because this is it. This is all they have. This is it. This is all. There's nothing else. They don't have no other hope. This is, so they're trying to get it all now, you understand? They're trying to do it all now. They're trying to get all their kicks in now. They're trying to get all their good feelings in now, their jollies in now. Because this is it. There is nothing else. There is no heaven for them. There is no eternal life for them. There is no resurrection for them. So you can understand why they mean and nasty and they undercut you and they backbite you and they talk about you behind your back. Come on, you can understand why they act the way they act, why they won't speak to you. You understand why they always upset about something. You understand why they cuss every other word. You understand why they drink all night to keep the memory from yesterday from being in their mind. You understand why they're smoking crack. You understand why they're giving their bodies away because they have no other hope and the reason he said that we're most miserable is because we've sacrificed so much for Jesus and if this is it think about all you gave up for Jesus I hope you gave something up but see he was talking to a persecuted church he was talking to a people who were whipped because they believed Jesus. People who were stoned because they believed Jesus. People who were killed because they believed Jesus. People who were run away, run off because they, they believed Jesus. We don't live like that. But still, we've gone through some stuff. We've been under some attacks because we love Jesus. And wouldn't it be a shame for us to go through all of that to be saved and this is it? Yet that's how most people live. They live like this is all there is. Look at what he says in verse 13. You got you stay with me now. Back to verse 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. So if resurrection is not a fact, Jesus didn't get up. 
And if Jesus didn't get up, I'm wasting my time. And if I'm wasting my time, y'all wasting yours. Because if he didn't get up, we got nothing to preach and we got nothing to believe. Everything we have hinges on the fact that he got up early. See, that's more than just a sermon spot to preach on with a hammer behind you early. If there's no early, we got nothing. If there's no early, we have no Holy Ghost. If there's no early, we have no anointing. I, I wish I had a witness here. If there's no early, then there is no grace. If there's no early, then there is no mercy. Somebody shout yes. Look at your neighbor and say, there's got to be an early. If there's no early, we just need to close shop and go back to the house and watch whatever's on TV. Apostle, I think you agree with me. He had to get up. (laughs) All these other principles and precepts, all of this other stuff we teach hinges on the fact We round here buying Easter eggs, but I just want to celebrate that it got up. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Somebody shout, he got up. My God. So if he got up, I can be delivered from depression. If he got up, I can be healed in my body. Somebody shout, yes. My question is, if he got up, why are you still down? See, I'm talking about having another hope now. Because if he got up, all the stuff that's trying to hold us can't really hold us. And if you believe he got up, then you can get up too. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, get up. Stop wallowing in pity. Come on, somebody shout, get up. If you see somebody who look like they they don't want to get up, slap them and say, get up. I got to stop this. That's why he got up. So we could get up. Hey, glory to God. I got to get up. So if he didn't get up, our preaching is useless. Our faith is useless. We can't believe the rest of it if we don't believe this. The rest of it means nothing if we don't really believe he actually got up. Not a fairy tale. I mean, for real. He was dead in the grave for three days. And on the third day, he got up. And when I was a little boy, Pastor Thomas E. Williams used to say, with all power. Y'all ain't never heard that preach before? In his hands. And they they used to say, power to make me walk right. Power 
to make me talk right. Power to make me live right. When I was a little boy, I used to think that sounded good. But now I realize that everything I have is based on that truth. I don't have nothing if Jesus didn't get up. Nothing. This, this is this, this totally, this idea of there not being no resurrection, Edward totally contradicts what Jesus said. Jake. Jesus said in John 5, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from, come on, death into life. More surely I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He's talking about those who are spiritually dead and physically now. Watch him do both. For as the father has life in himself, so is he granted the son to have life in himself. And has given him authority to execute judgment also. Oh, here it is now. Because he is the son of God. Are y'all ready? Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So what he's saying is, I'm going to call them from the grave and they're going to get up. Jesus said, I'm going to call their name. Now, I don't know how this works. I don't know how after your body has dissolved and nothing but bones is in the casket. I don't understand how this works. I don't understand how the earthworms can give up the flesh that it ate while I was in the ground. I don't know how it works, but what I do know is that Jesus said one of these old days, he's going to call my name and I'm going to get up out of my grave. Yes! Somebody shout yes! That's all I know. I don't know how biologically how it works. I don't know scientifically how it works. But the Bible says that one day he's going to call for you and you're going to get up. Somebody say, I'm getting up. I don't completely understand how it's going to work now because I know that bodies decay. Right? Over time, they decay. Flesh rots. I know that. And after a certain amount of time, there's nothing in there but bones. Now, I don't know how all my stuff is going to come back together. But what I do know is that it is. Because it didn't say that bones are going to get up. He said he's going to call us and we're going to hear him. How are you going to hear? What? Somebody say I'm getting up. The rest of the world can stay in the grave if they want to. But I'm going to get up when I hear my name. Uh, the dead in Christ. Ah! shall rise first 
Oh my God. So that means all our family members who died in Christ, they're going to rise first. And then we, which are alive and remain, y'all better help me preach this, shall be caught up. Listen, I don't know about you, but if I'm still here, I want to be caught up. I don't want to be down here churching. I don't want to be down here running in circles. And Jesus come back. And people gone, and I'm still running in circles. Somebody tap your neighbor, say, I got to get up out of here. I ain't even trying to stay here. They talking about tribulation. I ain't even planning on being here. When the Antichrist reveals himself, I ain't even planning on being here. Everybody worried about the Antichrist. You better think about the real Christ. Woo! You worried about the Antichrist. You better put your mind on Jesus. Because if you keep your mind on Jesus, you won't have to worry about the Antichrist. Somebody said, I got my mind stayed on him. I'm supposed to be teaching. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, I'm getting up. When I was, when I was, when I was young in the church, you see in that great getting up morning. Fare thee well. Fare thee well. In that great getting up morning. See you later. After a while, I got to get up out of here. See, the thing is, the thing is, you got to get up out of here in your mind first. The scripture says that you are already seated with him in heavenly places. Isn't that right? You're already there. See, when you know, when you know that kind of thing, when you know that you're going to a better place, when you know that you're going to resurrect, things down here don't bother you as much. Because you, you walk through it realizing that it's temporary. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. I ain't worrying about this stuff. I see Christians who are lamenting the state of the world, and we should, and we should pray. But they act like they're going to be impacted by what's going on. This is not my home. The old preachers, I keep hearing them. I hear them in my spirit saying, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. This is not my home. That is not my house. That is not my car. I wish I had a witness. These are not my clothes. I got a robe. Somebody shout, I got a robe. The soul said, I got a new home over in glory. And it's mine. You better shout, it's mine. Oh, somebody grab your neighbor and say, this is what Easter's all about. Hey, glory. That's why Palm Sunday, he was on his way. Rode on a donkey. He said, I can ride a donkey here because I'm going to be sitting on a throne up there. Do you see that? He said, I ain't got to ride on a white horse here. I don't have to ride on a chariot here because when I get home, why are you so worried about what you got here? 
I got a... Y'all hold on now. Jesus, help me here. Paul says, how could you believe that Jesus got up and you don't believe you're going to get up? So he says, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. Now, now if you go to, where, where am I now? Uh, yeah, yeah, 1 Corinthians 1, 18. I promise y'all, I'm going to try to finish this up as soon as I can. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. See, Apostle, we get up here. You know, Angie, we get up here, we preach the cross. And the world says, that's foolish. You know what I'm talking about, Ed. We talk about a man getting up on the cross. Nails in his hand, nails in his feet, mother. Crown of thorn on his head, pierced in his side. Looking down from the cross saying, Father, forgive them. But they know not what to do. People, the world thinks that's foolish. They think, they think we're silly. They tell us we're silly for believing in a God we can't see. Believing in a Jesus who was so weak enough that men could kill him. But they don't understand it. He said, ain't nobody, ain't nobody taking my life. He said, I laid it down, baby. Now listen to him talk now. He's a bad man. He says, and if I lay it down, I take it up again. Now you got to remember what happened on the cross. He didn't die until he was ready. See, he had already said it, but he didn't die until he was ready to die. See, it wasn't until he says, Father, to you I commit. It wasn't until he did that that he died. It said he hung his head. Y'all don't want to have no church. He hung his head and then he died. So he laid it down, right? Now, hold on, hold on. I'm going too fast. Jesus, help me here. It says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Now, the emotional side of me wants to shout and go home. But, 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 the, but the side of me that's led by the Spirit of God says we got to get these scriptures. Because we need to know what we stand on. See, people are going to question us in these days. And the Bible says that you need to be able to give anyone who asks you a reason for why you believe. So I'm giving you your reasons right now. Are you ready? It says the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. (laughs) Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Call it foolish if you want to, but I got saved by it. I got saved because Charles P. Robeson preached the gospel. Anybody know what the gospel is? He was born of a virgin Mary. <laughs> Lived on the earth doing good for three and one half years. Uh-huh. And then um, they say on a Friday night he was put up on the cross, right? And he died. And the old preacher say, oh, didn't he die? That's how he used to preach it in the Baptist church I grew up. He died. <laughs> didn't he die? And then they would say, early Sunday morning, (laughs) he got up. 
That's how I got saved. And that's how you got saved. Because you believe the preaching of the gospel. Which is to the world foolish. Now, 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 now you got to see something. You got to see something. Jesus said, listen to what Jesus said. John 6. This is Jesus talking now. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. Now, right there is enough ammunition for the next time the devil come to you and tell you you're lost. You can tell him, shut up. Jesus said, whoever the father gave me, I'm not going to lose any of them. He said, but should, but should raise it up. Isn't that what he said? In the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up. That's the Bible there, y'all. So now verse 15 says, and we apostles will all be lying about God. We'd all be lying, apostle. I'm a pastor. I guess this means me too. You're an apostle. It said the apostles would be lying, but you know. (laughs) I guess we'd all be lying about God. That's what it says. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. So we've been going around telling people Jesus got up. We'd be lying. If there was no resurrection. I'm just saying. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. You ain't even saved. We walk around talking, we saved, sanctified. No, you ain't even saved. How could you be sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost? He didn't die. This is all there is, right? I mean, if this is all there is, then none of that happened. Y'all tripping. You believe that he got up. You believe that you're saved. You believe that you're free of your sins. You got to believe you're going to get up. Now, we know this is not true because of the testimony of Matthew. Okay? Listen to what Matthew said. Hold tight. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene. And the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Hold on to your seat, Clay. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Now, 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 keep in mind the two Marys now. They went to visit the tomb to see the body. Verse 5 said, then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. Well, then where is he? No, you got to look at it now. He isn't here. He is what? Risen what? From the dead. Just as he said, come see where his body Come and see where he used to be. 
And then he said, now go quickly and tell his disciple that Jesus is risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Now, here's the thing. These two women, one who didn't have too good of a reputation, were the first to run and tell anybody he got up. Now, people have problems with y'all sisters preaching. But before a man. Now, I'm just saying now, of all the people, he let run with the message. All y'all lady preachers ought to be shouting right by now. Of all the people that he let preach the message, it was two women. And they ran to the disciples and said, he has gotten up. I just threw that in there. People got a lot to say. People got a lot to say. God bless them. I ain't mad at them. I ain't mad at them. Let them believe what they believe. Say amen. So see, so see, if, if, if Jesus didn't get up, this story is a lie. So we got a useless gospel and a useless faith and none of us are saved and we're all still covered with sin headed for hell in a handbasket if Jesus didn't get up if he didn't get up y'all we have nothing and we might as well do what the world is doing. I'm just saying because that's why the world is doing it, Lasana. Because they have no hope. They only pray to Jesus for help here. Even the ones who don't say they believe in God. They say stuff like, oh my God. People come to church, they don't really believe. They just come to church because they think it's the right and good thing and proper thing to do. And we've done this all throughout our family lives. But because it reflects in the way we live. Talk back to me. So if we really believe, we'll be living like there is. And after this. Let me close. Verse 18. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Do you mean to tell me Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, Paul, John, Matthew, Luke, Mark, all them, all them believers, Phoebe, all those people, all my folk who love the Lord with all their heart. You mean to tell me they're lost? The only way they can be lost. Is if Jesus didn't get up. It's good of Paul not to leave us there though. He says, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. I like the NLT, more to be pitied. But that's what most miserable means. It means when we look at people and we shake our head. And we say, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, that's pitiful. 
Look at the way they live. Look at the stuff they're doing. Oh, I wish they knew Jesus. Oh, see, but then Paul says there's another group. They in the church. And somebody need to be saying, Lord, have mercy. Look at them. Look at how they live. They live like this is it. They live like this is all there is. They live like there's no after this. We see this is temporary. It leads to something greater and better for every believer. It is because Jesus did give up, get up. See, in verse 20, Paul takes it home and he says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. It called Jesus a first fruit. You spoke that, and I don't even know if you knew I was going there. Jesus is the first fruit, you see. Jesus is the evidence that there are others who are coming behind him. Oh, God. See, a first fruit is the evidence of a harvest that's coming. See, you would take the first fruit, the first thing that sprung up, and you would take that and give that to God. Watch it now. And so the first thing that sprung up, you would take it and give it to God, and you give it to God. And if you give the first, the rest is... Oh, y'all ain't going to help me here. So see what happens is he gave himself. But see, he was not only a first fruit in death, he was also a first fruit in resurrection because he was the first one ever get up. And see, he set a precedence. Mm -mm. He set a precedence that those who die in God are going to raise again. Come on, because if God can raise them, God can raise you. Come on, come on, y'all got it. So, so he's a first fruit of you getting up. He did die. But he did get up. So there's way more life after this. But if you're living like this is all there is, no wonder you're miserable. No wonder you keep seeking after all this stuff to, to fill you or to gain fulfillment. None of it will. And you look at somebody who has a loose grip on this world and you think they're crazy. They have a very loose grip on this world and all this stuff to go with it. And they see, seem like nothing here don't mess with them. And you look at them and you think something wrong with them. You don't care about nothing. I do. I care about Jesus. I care about his word. And I refuse to let this get me messed up. This is momentary. But after this, mother is eternal. That's what we live for. That's what we serve for. That's what we believe for. Eternal life. This corruption. This right here, you see. This stuff here is breaking down on you. This, this mortality. This mortal, God said, I'm going to strip that off of you. I'm going to get that corruption off of you. And I'm going to put on incorruption. That means once I get done with you, nothing will be able to corrupt you ever again. And I'm going to take off this mortality. See, you, you are mortal. We thinking about death all the time. But you got to think, once the mortal is stripped off, he puts the life on. So a person who was sick in their body 
When that happens, totally healed. People who had heart problems, totally healed. People who couldn't walk, be walking around the throne. People who couldn't hear, will hear the songs of Zion. Y'all don't want it. Do y'all hear me? Worried about this. Say nothing compared to after this. Somebody say after this. Why would you be so hung up on this when you have an after this? The only reason that anybody would be stuck here mentally, emotionally, spiritually is because they don't really believe that they're getting up. They think I'm going to die. That's going to be it. If church, if coming here and hearing these sermons is just temporary fixes to make us feel better for a minute, then we come Tuesday and feel better for a minute, then we come Wednesday to come feel better for a minute, and we get little bursts of inspiration, we are most men. But if you believe that because Christ got up, you will also be raised incorruptible. <laughs> this is so much better. When the enemy attacks us, Patty, in our mind, he attacks us based on this. He is never going to talk to us about after this. He will never mention your better. He'll never do it, Shakita. See the fear we feel, daughter? The fear is based on this stuff. You know, they say there's no man more dangerous than a man who was unafraid to die. What can you take away from a man who don't care if he loses it all? What, what threat can you make? can he make that'll hold any water if you don't even care about this stuff if you say it's a better life for me after this and if God lets me keep it well but if he doesn't let me keep it well because I know that my real hope So I refuse to be miserable. Don't say it with me. I refuse to be miserable. Whenever that spirit starts coming over you, you got to remind yourself there is an after. I will be raised with Jesus. If we suffer with him, The 
which I, come on, Edward, help me, which I for a moment worketh in us a greater weight of glory. The more weight there is, Lasana, the more glorious your end is. stand and just just real quick I went much longer than I intended but just worship just worship all over this room come on worship the risen savior he is the risen savior he did get up he did rise from the dead he did ascend to heaven he is seated at the right hand of the father forever making intercession for us it is all true our preaching is true our faith is solid he did get up he got up and he's the first fruit of every last one of us who believe he's the first fruit of every last one of us who believe we will get up Come on, worship him. Just bless him and just thank him. Come on, magnify him. Come on and give him glory. Worship him like somebody who believes that there's more. Come on, worship him like somebody who believes there's more. Come on, worship him like somebody who's free from the trappings of this world. I am free. I am free from the trappings of this world. I'm free from anxiety. I'm free from depression. I'm free from worry. I'm free from my past because this is not all there is. There is more for us. I want to invite someone in this room to come and give your life to Jesus. I want you to come and give your life to Jesus today. You've heard the truth of the word of the, of the Lord. You've heard the God. Thank you for joining us for the word today. We pray that it has been a blessing to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 841 Crossgate Road in Port Wentworth, Georgia, 31407. We hope to see you soon.